0: This is the Realm of Agape Christian Church. We are yet in our spiritual maturity series, and we're going to be in the John 15th chapter and also 1 Thessalonians 5th chapter. Both will be read to your hearing from the King James Version. John 15, verses 4 and 5 it reads Jesus's words abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine no more can ye except ye abide in me I am the vine ye are the branches he that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me, you can do nothing. Now we go to First Thessalonians. The Apostle Paul has written to the church at Thessalonica. This is the first letter. First Thessalonians five verses 17 through 24. He's encouraging them and teaching and admonishing them with these words. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesying. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Now, we are speaking Regarding the basis of these scriptures um, that God's will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen. We must come to terms with the fact that a biblically approved daily life of prayer must be experienced every day to continuously consecrate ourselves on a personal level. You know, it's easy to not be consecrated unto God. We just get up and do nothing. And sin will take its course. But God is telling us we have to fight against that tide for our personal well-being. And as we come together as worshipers gathered in his name, as he has commanded us to do, the church will be blessed corporately as well. And God is looking that we will have an effectual, fervent prayer connection with Him. He said that is of the utmost importance for us to have a spiritual life in Him. And this is why we should not use prayer as a last resort. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to you about that today. Why we should not use prayer as a last resort. Yeah. Yeah. You know we often hear people say That the only thing left to do is pray. You hear people (laughs) say that. Does God want us considering a last resort kind of consultation with him? As noted in dictionaries, uh, resort uh, only as a final strategy uh, or a course of action that can be adopted in a difficult situation. Is that the only time we call God when there's no other way we can think our way through it? There's no plan we can come up with to get through this thing. Now we better pray. Mm. But God is saying we should not use prayer as a last resort. Amen. No matter how good we feel that we have a grip on this life on the earth, the fact remains that all of us are finite beings. We're moving through time together in a spiritually fallen world. Sin has entered the world. That's why it is considered a spiritually fallen world. Every soul has an appointment to be transitioned from mortality into immortality. And without a right standing with the Creator, we are inevitably going to be eternally lost, separated from the eternal, gracious, glorious presence of God which is called the joy of the Lord. When God says, well done, thy good and faithful servant enter into the what? Joy of the Lord. So those who use their earthly free will to faithfully live for him while on this earth, they're securing their reservation for eternity in his presence. And that means we're walking in the spirit when we do that. The scripture teaches that we ought to walk, live according to what the Holy Spirit has for us to do. Uh, walking in the spirit on this earth enables us to stay connected in fellowship and communication with God and even with each other. Psalm thirty-four twenty-three in the King James Version says, the steps of a good man are what? Ordered, yes. Ordered by the Lord. And he delighteth in his way. People often forget that last part. And he what? Delighteth in his way. So when we're walking in uh, harmony with God, that means we're not fighting God. God didn't arise to a wrestling match, if you will. (laughs) He rose to rest and moved peacefully with us. And we are walking, as Amos said, uh, in agreement. How can the two walk together lest they, what, be agreed? Amen. So we're walking in agreement with God when we do that. And God is delighted. Proverbs 3.6 lets us know that we are to acknowledge God in all of our ways. In order for him to direct our paths everything about our life Psalm 119 and 105th verse affirms that his holy word becomes a lamp for our feet so every step right and you know in the old country days they had these little lanterns right and they're holding them and going to the outhouse and you could see where your feet are stepping you don't want to step on any snake or anything, right? That's right. Or trip on something or whatever, amen? <laughs> so the Word of God is like that lamp for our feet. Not only that, a light for our what? Path. So the light goes all the way down. There's lights on the streets. Lights lighting up the path. So God needs every step taken in His will, and it's leading us somewhere down the road. God has lit up the way down the straight and narrow for us to move in. Amen. We need this continuous connection with Christ, who is calling himself what in the scripture? The vine. And the vine in in the plant world is providing the life source. So Jesus is our vine of life. For what? For our souls, But, you know, when we're born and shaped in iniquity and in sin that our mothers conceive us, as the scripture said, um, we're enjoying enjoying uh, the fallen world how it is. And we're eating, you know, the fruit of that. But Jesus is saying, no, I want to nourish you with the food of thought that comes from heaven. I am the bread from what? Heaven. Amen. I'm going to feed you so that you become satisfied and you will not want anything else. When people are trying to live both lives, they're not really letting Jesus feed them. Because when you let Jesus feed you, you're not going to want anything else. Anything else is not good enough. No, it doesn't measure up. <laughs> so Jesus is supposed to be our exclusive vine of life for our souls, according to John 15:5. And to be faithfully connected to him is to be spiritually alive through him. You got to catch this. So when we're connected to him, We are what? Spiritually alive. Mm -hmm. And how are we alive? Through him. He's giving the life. In other words, when that is happening, we know him. Mm -hmm. To say we know him means we're spiritually alive in him, not just have some books and thoughts about him. It's more than just earthly knowledge. When the Bible is speaking Hebraically, knowing is a connection. Like in marriage. Marriage is... Uh, It comes to a more complete sense when the two become one spiritually and then physically. We're supposed to become one spiritually first, then one physically later. But people got it backwards. People all around town getting together, physically becoming one. But they become physically one with a whole lot of people sometimes. And you don't know who you're in the bed with. My God, you think you're in the bed with that one person. No, you're in bed with everybody else who they were with. But God is telling us, no, we got to get spiritually naked with him. Lay it all on the line. God is going to, amen, cleanse everything within us and without us, outside of us and inside of us. Then we could get with the other person. Both clean. Both get together then physically And they begin to know each other. Amen. The marriage bed, they begin to what? Know each other. Knowing is an intimate thing. God knows us inside and out, spiritually, physically. Amen. He's supposed to bless our spirit, our soul, and our body. God is working inside out. Sometimes we want to be lawful and, you know, put all these constructs on people and then make them change on the outside, which might affect their soul and hopefully it will affect their spirit. But God doesn't work that way. He's inside out, not outside in. Amen. You can have a good dress and good haircut and all that stuff and still be going to hell. My God still don't know God still not saved by the pardon of your sin. God has not transformed you by the renewing of your mind by the washing of the word. God God needs to come in and make a change. It's, it's a supernatural thing to know God to know him is to be faithfully connected to him through and through. He either knows us mm-hmm. or he does not know us. Can't be in the middle. Yes. We are either on or off. Mm-hmm. We are either holy or unholy. We are either moved by ungodly flesh or by his Holy Spirit. You can't be in the middle somewhere. Mm-hmm. Talking about I'm a fornicating Holy Ghost filled. No, <laughs> you are mixed up. My God. Mm-hmm. In Luke 18, one, the last part of that verse, the Lord instructs us with this command that men ought always to oh, what? Okay. Pray and not faint. Praying in the Spirit, that's what it is. Praying in the Spirit enables us to seek, knock, and ask as led by the Holy Spirit, according to Matthew 7, 7, which is a work of faith, not an unfaithful commission just to sit around and sulk, amen, but the Holy Ghost will inspire you to have a life of prayer. And that is what God is fashioning in the midst of our church these days. Amen. And he's going to do the same for every individual uh, worshiper that he calls into discipleship to learn of him. He said, take this yoke upon you and learn of me. There are constraints. Yes, because God is changing us. He's making us over. There are things we have to learn. I saw a movie of a young man who was... uh, uh, without good parents and he was put into foster care up until his late teens and this couple ended up getting him out of incarceration and for a, a year of trial they would uh, have him in their home and if everything worked out and he didn't get in trouble he wouldn't have to go back to prison uh, and if everything worked out they could adopt him it turns out they did adopt him uh, the young man did not know how to ride a bicycle 17 years old, and uh the father saw that one night after he had given him the bike. He was out in the uh the, the big driveway that they had because they were well-to-do and he was fumbling and falling and so the next morning He told him I saw you last night trying to ride the bike You know, he was that old and didn't know how to ride. He said somebody like you uh, will be able to learn He said what do you mean somebody like me Because we didn't have the greatest relationship yet But he said you know You're so intelligent You're so uh, you know, intuitive I know that it will take you like 5 minutes to learn Something that you should have learned 10 years ago Amen. Mm-hmm. That, that is how it is with us, people of God. We, we are sinners. We go to God, and there are things we should have known from the get go. But God knows that we were born in shape and shaped in iniquity and in sin that our mothers conceive us. And there are things we have to learn. As older people, we're coming as babies to God, learning things that probably should have never had to be learned. Amen. For the first time after being so old. My God. But God says, yes, you need childlike ones. Faith. And we come to God with great expectancy and listening and humbling, submitting ourselves to the teacher who's going to teach us. Thank God. God needs us to have that kind of life. It's an inspired life of prayer. And God's spirit comes in and teaches. He wants us to be well accustomed to such a life. And how come? As we obey him, he puts his attributes on display for the whole world through us and we become his salt and light in the world. We cannot act according to the earthly limits of what we are able to fathom and think only by the earthly standards. Because God has to come in supernaturally and show us things beyond ourselves. We must not become a slave to the temptations of the flesh of our earthly eye and our you know, emotional pride of life, as 1 John 2.16 says, because those things will present strong challenges as we are seeking to faithfully pursue the Lord. They will sidetrack us. They will hinder us. They will stymie us. The prolonged, formidable developmental process surrounding the Abrahamic covenant uh, will become a type of spiritual syndrome in our life. You know what happened to Abraham and Sarah? Abraham was to be a father of many nations. And his wife was barren, couldn't even have a child, right, for a long time. And here they are, elderly, and it's still happening. So he, you know, was still uh, able to have children. And uh, she gave unto him her uh, maiden and uh, the servant that she had in her home and uh, to produce a child. So this was on their own planning, though. It wasn't God's plan. What happens? We, we, We tend to get tired of waiting and then we get our own plan going. It's a spiritual syndrome. It's a type of spiritual syndrome. We 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 have to wait too long. God is taking too long. We have to think about the the Lord's parable of the praying widow uh, from Luke 18. Uh, it teaches us that men uh, always ought to want pray and not faint. Faint means not lose heart. This is true in a general sense of us all, and for all kinds of prayer. And we won't get into all kinds of prayer with this one message. Uh, A few messages after this, God willing, I will open up uh, with those specificities. But for today, let's think that in a special sense of this uh, scripture, always praying and not losing heart, um, God is showing us that... This type of praying is a prayer for God's deliverance in times of testing because he will test us and we don't disconnect during the testing. We stay connected during the testing. So it is praying without losing heart during the seemingly long, weary interval between Christ's first and second comings. Uh, He hasn't come back yet and we are waiting for that. And we're going through long, long, many generations of time, you know, and we're wondering when. Why do we tend to lose heart? Uh, One of my favorite um, late Bible teachers, writers, uh, was a part of the Pentecostal Prayer League. Uh, His name was Oswald Chambers. He lived from 1874 to 1917. He offers the following statement to explain the tendency of why we tend to lose heart. Quote, the revelation of our spiritual standing is what we ask in prayer. You see, whatever we're facing is because of how we're thinking about God. That's what he said. It's what we ask in prayer. He says sometimes what we ask is an insult to God. We ask with our eyes on the possibilities or on ourselves instead of having our eyes where on Jesus. Jesus is the one who's the author and finisher of our faith. But we take the pen out of Jesus hand. We say, I'll write this part, you know, but we are belittling Jesus. We are discrediting our own Lord. The one we are supposed to give the what? Highest praise. Are we giving him the highest level of trust? Are we really trusting him? And he's supposed to order our steps. We're saying, no, Lord, I'm not doing all that. And notice the oxymoron, no, Lord. Lord. (laughs) We can only have a travailing level of prayer when we seek to be privy to God's pain. Think about that. We have to see sin for what it really is. You know, we would get delivered from so many things that trip us up if we really taste sin the way God tastes it, the way God senses it and sees it and feels it. We usually want to lay our burdens down, which is good, but it is high time that we seek to take on God's burden, allowing God to be clothed with us. Even more than us being clothed by him. If God is clothed with us, he will be our resident, sharing our pain as we share his. God often allows me to have a little taste like a little baby. You want a little taste of that? A little taste. I'm like, oh my God, that's too much for me to bear. He said, that was just a tiny little taste. <laughs> you don't want the, the the burden of the world on your shoulder. You can't take it. I can carry the burden of the world on my shoulder. So God lets me taste it from time to time. Then I stop complaining. Then I tend to gain a stronger heart to want to wait for the Lord. And again, I say, wait on the Lord Mm -hmm. and be of what kind of courage? Good courage. Amen. Amen. Not weak courage because weak courage will lead you down the briar path. My God, you don't want to go there. There's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You're going to be outside of the will of God. We don't want that. That's out of darkness. I want to walk in the light. I don't know about you. Amen. Thank God. This is the only way that true revival is going to be birthed is when we really sense the way God senses things. Then the compassion of Jesus will transform us and uh, we will begin to understand God's love better. Heavenly wisdom from the spirit will birth such a revival in our midst. The pursuit of a true Holy Spirit birthed revival in today's culture seems to be an extinct afterthought. People are using terms today in society uh, as such post-Christian world, post-Christian society. Christianity is passé, you know? And churches tend to seek after pleasure instead of God's sin-destroying will that is best realized in prayerful consecration which is why people don't want to spend too much time in prayer. They sensed that bitter taste of sin. Uh, sin is not so bad. It, it's, it's tolerable. It's good. Everyone's doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, So it is in the midst of such perplexing developments that we tend to wrestle with our own underdeveloped prayer personalities instead of against sin. We begin to be for sin instead of against it. We should be rebuking certain things, not being in fellowship with certain things. (laughs) Our individual prayer personalities cannot be realized until we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And he enables us to realize our spiritual giftings based on uh, Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12. That's where the spiritual gifts are listed and explained. God reveals his purpose in and through us as we are subject to his presence in our lives. We don't want the Holy Ghost to just teach us how to dance. No. And I read certain scriptures in the past couple of weeks in our Bible reading fellowship And I posted comments because the Holy Ghost let me feel his heart. He said, people just want me as a dance teacher. Mm. He said, people just want to use me as a brownie button, a a merit badge, Mm. or some kind of a cultural kind of thing where I have the Holy Ghost and you don't. I know how to dance and you do not. He makes me sound like this when I preach. You don't sound like that. You know. God is only put in a little Subcultural little box But we serve the most high God mm-hmm. Didn't the most high God Create the universe yeah. But all we know is about Our little world Our little circle Meanwhile God says I am manning the whole universe mm-hmm. You have a puny faith How long must I deal with you Ye of little ones? Faith Faith, faith. 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 God is all the time telling us that He's knocking on the door of our heart with that But we don't want to hear that part That's too much We stop at the dancing and the crying around the altar That's good enough We have reached the pinnacle of worship But that is not the pinnacle of worship The pinnacle of worship is more so when the fruit of the Holy Spirit Are uh, evidenced in your everyday life and thoughts Especially your secret thought life Amen God wants to reveal His purpose in and through us as we are what submitted to his presence in our lives. We are supposed to examine ourselves and make our personal mission and personal vision what God intended for them to be. Our personal prayer life and divinely directed motivation for living affects and is affected by our corporate prayer life. So we pray to make a change and those changes now will give us the ability to learn uh, more so what the Holy Ghost has for us to do. We can hear them better. It's like kids learning how to read. And now they're reading to learn. Amen. So you could read life and learn. <laughs> God will show you how to walk and not be weary. Run and not faint, not give up. Amen. The Holy Ghost wants us to uh, allow him to be our what? life coach. And these spiritual gifts listed in the scriptures are for the edification and maturity of the body of Christ, not just for our own personal selves. We are connected to each other. The individual is edified and matured as he or she facilitates the developmental progress in the church that their gift was meant to cultivate. Amen. Amen. We do not sit folk down because they're not doing it the way we think they ought to do it in our puny little brain. But we serve the God that, amen, uh, created the whole universe. But we want to put people in our tiny little universe. Mm -hmm. If you don't preach it the way I say to preach it, you're not preaching at all. But God says we should not be uh, putting people in an incarceration based on our cultural tastes. Well, sir, Amen. Preach, sir. And I received an inspirational thought from the Holy Ghost this week as a result of an excerpt from this past Thursday's daily Bible reading based on Psalm 9 and Acts 17. Paul and his ministry colleagues were faced with much demonic antagonistic opposition as they were ministering to, uh, their, uh, society. Uh, as the Lord's gospel seeds were sown, the enemy countersowed with these seeds, jealousy, doubt, fear, confusion, lies, and even social upheaval. King David's Psalms, especially, uh, Psalm 9 verse 9 about the Lord's protection and his equity and justice for his own serves as a type of prayer in the Hebrew uh, tefillah. It's a general term for prayer that inevitably brings us to self-examination, which is why Christ said that in the Garden of Gethsemane. Nevertheless, not what my will, but thy will be be done. So it's supposed to be proof Of our will being totally submitted to God's will. Some of us get out of prayer too soon. It's like we are prematurely born. We're ready to have a church and we are barely delivered from things. Amen? But people all around town are laying hands suddenly on so many folk Mm -hmm. becoming bishops. Meanwhile, they're still playboys. My gum. Mm -hmm. See, we need to have the real service of prayer that will change us personally. Then it will also affect our church, our place of worship. The corporate prayer will be better. When our personal prayer is better, the corporate prayer will be better, my God. No wonder the first century ministers faithfully engaged in this type of prayer, for it kept their lives and mindsets aligned with God's holy will. This type of contemplative prayer in the spirit, it does take time, and we are commanded by God to daily make time for it, morning, during the day, and in the evening. This special discipline helps us to feel cleansed and purified. And when we return to our daily routine, the feeling of purity and holiness lingers on and we are shining. It lingers on and we still have that taste, taste and see that the Lord is good. We are losing our taste because we got out of the presence of God. We need to get in the presence of God. When Moses was in the presence of God so long, then he shined. It said his countenance was shining. He had to put a veil over his face. My God, he was with God so long and we could sense God on him. My God, people need to sense God on us. Man, they should sense that we've been with God. They should taste from our life and attitude that we have been with God. They should sense the cleansing and the purification that we have because of our daily walk with God, daily time in prayer with God. And they, too, ought to now allow that disparity to pull them in. Not pull us out of God's will, but pull them into God's will. Amen. Amen. Thank God. That's what's going to make us good evangelistic workers. We got to get more so into prayer. Yes. This is a spiritual discipline that's somewhat lacking these days, unfortunately. God wants his holiness lingering on us raising our daily conduct to a level that is fitting for a member of the people called a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, amen? Mm -hmm. When we are truly connected as God would have it, we will walk in right relationship, performing works of faith that he enables, that he commissions, that he commands for us to accomplish. And the will of his heavenly kingdom uh, begins in our heart as we are transformed. The transformed ones are the ones who are in the kingdom of God. I know we're thinking futuristic, going into heaven. But God says, I'm opening up your heart. Pouring in my spirit and out of your belly shall what flow rivers, Uh living water, That living water is God's presence. We're the transformed ones that ought to be having all kind of spillage in the village like that. Amen. Uh We got to remember Matthew 7, 21 through 23. It says, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into... The kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name have done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, says God. I never knew you. Never knew. Depart from me, ye worker of iniquity, ye that work iniquity. My God, yeah. then it will be said too late. Do we want to use the gifts of God but not uh, have a right relationship with God? It's like somebody gives you a good, good gift, no. like your husband gives you a nice ring, but he's all around town flipping over with all kind of other women. Mm. My God. Or it could be the other way around The husband give you a good, good, good ring And he's in a relationship with you And you go around flipping like Gomer All around town Uh Hosea didn't know where she was half the time Lord, have <laughs> My God uh, Are we doing that to God? No, 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 no My God Let's think of this as we are reviewing for Revival To experience a true revival as birthed by the Holy Ghost in today's society, we need the ancient urgency of Hosea's day where a life of prayerful consecration was to be preferred over the tolerance of sinful pleasures, which is why God had him marry uh, that woman to show as a picture what Israel was doing to him. God's will has not changed as he demands that our lives serve as landmarks of holy confidence, landmarks of humility in God, landmarks of spiritual insight from God's spirit of wisdom and heavenly persistence. We got to get out of this ungodly persistence and get more into the mode of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Immerse ourselves completely there to have a heavenly persistence. Amen. Mm -hmm. Because those who diligently seek after the Lord, those are the ones he's going to reward. Isn't that true? Mm -hmm. God longs to share his burden for sin while his people called after his name in today's world often long to keep sin as a burden, which is a shame. If we sincerely want heaven's best, then we must be willing to relinquish the earthly desires that are commonly placed before us, uh, before such a godly move. We put those things before the godly move. But we ought to, amen, immerse ourselves in the godly move, so those earthly desires mean nothing at all. My God. Think of this picture, barbecue uh, coals. When people are trying to get the barbecue going, the coals are all bunched together, right? God is saying, Amen. Uh, uh, Do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. He's putting them all together, right? Then the Holy Ghost comes in, the liquid fuel, Amen, and the fire is lit from God. Not a strange fire, a heavenly fire, right? And we all get the flame. And we're all. Soaking in the flame We begin to glow the, the flame that was outside is now in us That's And you can right. see the flames inside the coals yeah. And then we can spread them out And then Sometimes uh, you lit so long now A little ash starts to develop And you're about to give out And new uh, coals need to come on And the new coals could get lit From the heat of the old ones Isn't that right? And they could get lit on fire. What's going to happen when our church catches on fire? New souls come in and they could catch on fire. That's right. But they're coming to a cold place and we're all separated. Not, amen, heated up by God together, huddled together in a huddled, prayerful fellowship of faith. We're all discombobulated and, amen, antagonizing each other and in competition. My God, God is calling for us to have a close-knit fellowship. In agreement with God. In agreement with each other. Yes, That's how we're going to become effectual and fervent in our congregational prayer. If our life is all discombobulated, guess what else is? Our prayer life. So we need to have our ourselves trimmed. The ash will come, yes. But let's get rid of the excess ash and keep the new coals, new anointing coming. And get more hot again. They had those lamps burning morning, noon, and night, morning, noon, and night in the old synagogue, in the Old Testament, a picture of our life being ever consecrated unto God, being ever on fire with the Holy Ghost's presence in our life. Keep your lamp. You are the lamp. We're supposed to be the lamp. We're supposed to be kept and burning. You can't trim yourself if you're not examining yourself. You can't examine yourself, right, if you're not uh, looking to see what's in the word of God. Search the scripture, for in them you find eternal life. God is going to reveal truth from the scripture. Amen. And he will enable us to be who we're supposed to be. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father God, please reveal the significance of maintaining our personal prayer life, and our corporate prayer life. Both will help each other. We pray you send the Holy Spirit in overflowing baptismal portion as the former rain, which feeds the fertile seeds. They're going to germinate, Lord. You're going to lead us to a continued cycle of further planting, helping others to see the light of Christ igniting a holy motivation within us and all around us, wherever we go. It will birth true revival, O God, in our uh, personal lives, in our hearts, in our personal lives, in our congregation, in our town, Lord God. It will overflow and become an effective presence of God, the Holy Spirit moving in our midst and enabling us to know God better. We pray this mighty work to happen in Jesus' matchless name. Won't we just praise God for who he is? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank Thank you, Lord God. We of the Realm of Agape Christian Church pray that the Holy Word of God has richly blessed your soul. To send prayer requests, use the contacts page of our website, www.roagape.org. We need your continued prayers and financial support to maintain this ministry. You can also find a secure means of donating on our website. God bless you.